You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotion and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and Speaker. And don't forget that this podcast also streams through our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in my two co-hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I am doing well. So much to cover this week, I, and next week will be even more insane. So uh-huh. we can't do that, though, without the third member of this team, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Hey. hey. I'm going to tease this now. That that nickname may have to change after this weekend. So, <laughs> we'll see. Will it though? We don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, who knows? Right? In a way, it would be hilarious, but also kind of deflating if you're like, hi, I'm Brendan Barr. And he's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I see the irony of that, but it's also hilarious. I mean, I am, I'm already prepared that that's what he's going to do no matter what. <laughs> we just need to get it recorded it, uh, so that way we purpose. add it in so it's no longer our who, it's Conan's who. <laughs> I could probably just grab a soundbite of that. Because it's a lot cooler for when it comes from him. <laughs> True. As Brendan alluded to, we'll get more into what's going to be happening this weekend in wrestling because there's so much stuff happening this weekend in wrestling. But before we do that, we got to cover what happened this past weekend in wrestling, which is some fairly big news. So we are going to jump into it like we always do with the road back to shows. All right. So we traditionally start with the update on the color system in Mexico. Um, it, because it's every two weeks, Mexico is still red. But as we talked about last week, that barely matters because, uh, triple mania still happen. Live shows are still happening. Stores are still open. The moral of this story is wear your mask, kids, because that seems to be what everybody thinks is, is the, the thing. You're gonna try to stay normal, but wear your masks. So wear your masks. We're gonna we're gonna keep running run 
than that. Uh, we'll drop a, a Lucha Dash mask plug every now and again. Wear your mask. Um, we, so we have a bunch of matches, match or uh, event announcements is kind of what I wanted to focus on for this week's Road Back to Shows. Uh, we uh, have Black Label Pro has a kid on 904 as a kid for featuring Laredo mm-hmm. Kid. That's why I my my eyes tricked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it is uh, it's it's in uh, the show is listed as in Hoffman Estates. I just cribbed that straight from uh, Lucha Blog, so I'm not sure what state that is. Um, I. Uh, I had was in kind of a hurry on this one, but uh, Laredo Kid in the United States, Black Label Pro. We will get you more information on that. I have plenty of time to figure that out in upcoming weeks. Um, PWG has announced some um, matches for Three Mendes or Three Mendes Six, which is going to be on September 26, uh, and there, that will feature Bandito versus Dan. TV Richards or the PWG World Title. Uh, that will also have Malachi Black and Brody King against Demonic Flamito and Black Taurus. Oh damn! I mean, yeah. right? Oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that uh, was my, that's my go. I did not know that until you no. mentioned that. Oh damn! Yeah, that that I mean. As good as that Bandito title match is, that's the one that I I figured. People on this show, the staff at least, are gonna would be excited by. And then uh, there's one more: Aramis Ray Orus versus Dragon Lee and Laredo Kid, which could be just as good or better than the yes. other tag team match. So, um, PWG Three Men Six, September 26th. That they're always somewhere in the Southern California area. I didn't get their location yet either, but uh, tickets are always mysterious. On sale. I've, I've never figured out the secret to getting a ticket to a PWG show. Um, I know a person now who says that she can get me tickets, but I I don't know that I'm going to call in that favor just yet. PWR, the San Jose show that we keep talking about, has added another match to the card that uh, is is just mind blowing. It's going to uh, Los Parks, uh, some combination of. Los- Sparks, but probably uh, L.A. Park and Hiho to L.A. Park against Mariachi Loco and Rio de Jalisco. So, uh, um, fantastic lineup there. For those of you who yeah. don't know who Mariachi Loco is by that name, he was Saltador on uh, Lucha Underground. And, uh, he's, he and Rio de Lisco are going to be doing the mariachi gimmick together coming out. So the entrance, it's alone is worth the price of admission, but then they're going to be fighting against the parks. So, uh, yeah. Oh, so cool. <laughs> and they've been advertising with Rio and the big Charro sombrero. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be so cool. I'm, I'm, yeah, I didn't know that I could be more excited. Added for that PWR show, but uh, I saw that. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. And then uh, a reminder that we have PCW Ultra tickets are still on sale for Friday, October twenty second. We went over the card on last week's show. No new matches have been 
added, but we will con- after we get done with this week, we will focus a little more on what PCW Ultra is doing. Um, uh, Mass Republic, those sneaky bastards snuck in a, a show <laughs> announcement for 9/11. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's going to feature, it's at the Agua Caliente Casino, the casino in Central City, California. Um, I'm really apologizing for stuttering over my words tonight. Uh, featured on this show is Solar, Pireta Morgan, Psychosis, Extreme Tiger, Ray Leon, Viva Van, El Snowflake, who, uh, is of, uh, the, uh, he was in that movie. You know, you know the movie. <laughs> um, uh, Baronessa. Uh, one of the interesting things from Conan's podcast last week when Kevin was talking about a bunch of things, he said that, uh, this show was hard to, to get people for because another show is booked against it and he still was able to get this. So we'll be yeah. talking about that other show <laughs> later. In in the uh, in the so nine eleven lots of of great lucha content don't uh, don't sleep on on uh, September the eleventh that's going to be a big day um, and then I'm going to wrap up this bunch of stuff going on in Las Vegas featuring FSW and GCW do you want to give any shout outs to uh, anything that you are aware of. Uh, yes. Oh, dang. Uh, let me go to, to... Sorry. Uh, no, 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 I have it. So, uh, one interesting one that's happening on Friday is Glory Rising Pro. Um, that show is happening Friday afternoon. It's going to feature, of course, some of the more regular, well-known, uh, Las Vegas talents, um, uh, including Jay Vidal, who's also going to be featured on the PCW Ultra Show in October, uh, Jordan Oasis, Nick Xander, Sandra Moon. Um, it's also going to be featuring some talent from Palais Pro Wrestling and No Peace Underground, um, including Sonico will be at that show, Mysterious yeah. Q, yes. um, Nick Wayne. Um, Pacific Northwest legend Nick Wayne. Yes, just want to yes. put that out there. For those of you who don't know, he is the son of Buddy Wayne, uh, led the, one of the first people to have a school out here. Yeah, I think was, I yeah, remember yeah. announcing him as, as such. Uh, um, and he is um, following the, the proper Lucha Libre tradition. He started wrestling in matches at an age which I don't think I'm allowed to disclose legally. Uh, <laughs> and he's... Still not old enough to drink, but he's at this show. So, <laughs> sorry, right. I just there you go. No, no, that that's why I wanted to to make those uh, shout outs, uh, just because that's uh, you know already slated for Code Red. That's Friday, August twentieth. Um, tickets are available for that. Um, at fsw.com slash code red starting at 1 p.m. Um, and that's just that D'Lo Brown will be on commentary, um, as well. So that and much, much more at Palette or at Glory Rising Pro featuring in partnership with Palette Pro and No Peace Underground. 
of course, GCW and FSW are having shows. They're having the GCW versus FSW show uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, I forget the exact time of it, but that will be available on the FSW network. Um, and then future stars of women's wrestling will be on Fight TV on Sunday Um the what would what would that be the 22nd the 22nd um, yeah yeah sunday the 22nd on fight tv future stars of women's wrestling uh and let me just pull that card up because that is going to be a fascinating card uh the flyer is already out uh for that and that includes a stipulation match between Maserati and Sandra Moon. Um, it is a doors, ladders, and chairs match um, <laughs> for the FSW Women's Championship, um, but also slated to be uh, on that show. Viva Van, of course, we just talked about Bert Vixen. Um, uh, Sandra, yeah, Sandra Moon, uh, uh, so, so much more. Um, and that's is, just, it's is just the a other Miranda going to be on that show. No, Sorry. not on this okay. show. Uh, okay. as far as I'm aware of, there may, who knows? That's why you got to stay tuned because you only know who's on the flyer, really. Um, but, uh, <laughs> also, you got FSW doing Natural Born Killers 3, Filthy Brawlers. Um, yeah. and that's gonna feature Tom Brawler versus Jake something, um, Grays versus, uh, Tito, uh, I mean, just, just so much, uh, on that, um, and then of course the FSW versus GCW show that Saturday, August 21st, noon start time, talent from Future Stars of Wrestling versus talents from GCW. Um, scheduled to appear. Chris Bay is scheduled to be on, on that show. And then No Peace Underground versus FSW, The Alliance. That's also going to be Sunday, August 22nd. That's at 6 p.m. later that day. So Vegas is just a crazy, crazy uh, weekend. And that's just the FSW GCW shows. Um, there's much more happening. There's a Lucha show happening, uh, other shows happening that weekend. Um, I just don't have them all in front of me but uh if you're going to las vegas know that there's way more than happening than just SummerSlam. so the uh lucha show you mentioned is friday night it's uh roadblaze promotion they've been very cagey with who's actually going to be on the card because uh as we talked about last week and we'll talk about more visas are sometimes difficult to do so i don't really have a lot of um of knowledge of who's Alberto, your mileage will vary on that. Andrade's in town for the weekend, so and he's usually being promoted by Robles, so I'm hoping he'll be there. Uh, they uh, probably some other people uh, of the uh, those Karras greater family. Um, you know, um, who knows? Like we can, we might get some LFI to show up as well but that that nothing has been officially announced that i can find so i will be at that show to to get you all results while miranda's working hard on the other side of town so we're going to be busy in las vegas this weekend and we haven't even talked about mass republic's presence yet which we'll do later in the shows so uh, um but that that is our our uh road back to 
a lot of shows happening, which is great news. So, uh, you know, we will have happily put your promotion out there. We always talk about that. So please, please uh, feel free to send us your information. We will always read off at the, the very least. We'll read off a date and, and a state and, and a venue. Um, but I'm going to move into the indie roundup now uh, and uh, talk real quickly about another IWRG event because they had had a they had their annual cage matches which results in an unmasking so there's a little more to to unpack with this one there was a series of preliminary cage matches that uh the uh winners would uh winner or winners would go on to the next round and uh and <laughs> This is this is how crazy luchadors are. They're fighting for the privilege to go into a cage match where where the the only thing on the line is that the loser of this cage match will lose their mask or hair. So they have two rounds to get into that and then the whole idea is to not be the person that loses. So keep that in mind. Um these will had a had a 5 minute time limit. So it were uh if if uh if uh, and nobody will was eliminated after the five minute time limit. Everybody went through both of these uh, preliminary matches. Some people didn't quite make it through. Uh, they were eliminated either by being t- thrown out or uh, of the cage, I believe, or uh, or pinned. So now that we've got all of that backstory, the first match featured Bengali, Hijo de Das Caras, Hijo de Picado. Hijo de la Brije, Puma de Oro, uh, Tonali, Toxin, Venino, Dioso Quetzal, Hijo del Fi, and Jesse Ventura. Um, oh, no, okay, so I had this backwards. If you win, you don't go through, so the people that were eliminated are going through, so that, this, that tra- makes more sense. That makes more sense, <laughs> yes. So, Bengali, Hijo de Dascaras, Hijo de Pic- Kido, Hijo de Albrije, Puma de Oro, Tenale, Toxin, and Venino technically won and will not continue on, on Diosa Quetzal, Hijo de Fishman, Jesse Ventura, move on to the next uh, cage, cage match. For the next qualifier, we had Abismo Negro Jr., Big Chico Che, Kanek Jr., Diva Salvaje, Hijo Odella Spectarial Satania, Alex Black, Astro Boy, and Diosa Atina. Uh, you know, it's bad enough that my Spanish is bad, but when they take these like Greek words and try and make them Spanish, it just it, it gets crazy. Uh, Abismo Negro Jr. be Big Chico Che, Kanak Jr., Diva Salvaje, Hijo del Espectro, Karel, and Satina all won, so they didn't have to move on, leaving Alex Astroboy and Diosa Atina moving into the cage match, where the loser lose their mask or get their head shaved. So, that sets up the stage for the last one. We had Alex Black, Jesse Ventura, Hijo del Fishman, Diosa Quetzal, uh, Astro Boy, and Diosa uh, team in the final cage match. 
um, for those of you, for those of you who don't remember uh, some of these, we've t- talked about Jesse Ventura as uh, an exotico that's a big mainstay in IWRG. Hijo del Fishman is the son of Fishman. It's kind of a next generation gimmick. If you don't know who Fishman is, send me a message later. I will send you. T- Tons of like, better yet, send Dusty a, a message later. Too. I'm sure you can send just as many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is a feminine wrestler from, that's big in the indie circuit. Astro Boy, I'm not as familiar with, or Diosa Tina. Um, Alex Black, who we've talked a few times in Lucha Time, he's, he had kind of long hair rock and roll, is gonna look like uh, Bon Jovi in the 90s, probably. He got his hair cut. So uh, that that was our IWRG cage event. I I, uh, I I just wanted to take a little extra time because we had to go over the backstory and there were a lot of names to be thrown out there. Uh, it, it, the the uh, clips are up now on uh, Lucha, Lucha Plus, uh, Mas Lucha. YouTube channel, so if you want to see this, I always recommend it. The cage matches for for the loser gets uh, gets some loses something are always chaotic because there's a little more on the line when you don't really you know losing your mask in particular or in Alex Black's case losing your hair is kind of uh, you know central to your gimmick, so you don't really want to do that. It's, overall, it was kind of a it, kind of a fun looking match i i need to to go back and watch the highlights again but that is the road back to shows and the indie roundup i'm going to give the pitch now send us your uh send us your your links your your event results anything you want i don't care what you are you i mean if you're you're the cat on the internet because i know at least one cat on the internet is listening to the show i still want to hear your results too um We'll give out the socials at the end of the show. Thank you, Brendan, for both the road back to shows and the indie roundup. As Brendan mentioned, we will give our socials out at the end of the show. If you are a Lucha Libre fan, uh, independent wrestler or promotion, feel free to reach out to us with your uh, upcoming events. As you know, things are getting busy. And so we do <laughs> want to continue to plug as many independent wrestling mm-hmm. shows and matches as possible, but the the, uh, the rundown is getting full, so please reach out to us. Um, but up next, we're going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, 
Mac, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Thank you so much to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So, as we dive into the big news for the week, we're going to do things a little differently, and you'll see in a second how all this matches up. We are going to start off with CMLL news. So, Brendan, go ahead. That's right. So, we talked about this a while ago. Like, you know, people who are here for Lucha content, we wanted to prominently feature CMLL and AAA. But kind of the story this week is the night and day difference between what's going on at CMLL versus AAA. So congratulations, CMLL. You get to be talked about first because you're less exciting than AAA this week. Uh, um, we're talking – I'm not even doing results. I'm talking about the fact that they uh, – DMT Azul, who is not even the most recent person to leave the company – Left while he was holding a championship, uh, the, uh, national, the national heavyweight. heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is sponsored by the Mexico Lucha Libre committee. Finally came around to making a ruling on whether he was allowed to have this belt or not. Uh, the, uh, they, they made a ruling based on three data points. DMT Azul has not defended the title in 90 days, which is 
difficult, if not impossible, to do when you don't work for the company that promotes the belt. DMT Azul has made an has has made an unauthorized title defense previously. I'm unaware of what they're referring to on that. I'm guessing he went on an indie show and pretended to put the title on the line. And then DMT Azul has changed his name from Diamante Azul and so is no longer the champion as a result of these three strikes against him. More or less, they want an excuse to take it off of him so they can have a tournament for it at the anniversary show that DMLL is doing. Yeah. Uh, Cubs fan has some really detailed breakdown on his opinions as to why this is kind of bogus. I don't want to crib too much from him. Go over to Lucha blog and read his opinions on that. But I will echo a couple things that he, he mentions. Uh, CMLL is promoting this. So uh, even though Mexico's Lucha Libre commission is in charge of the belt, if the person doesn't work for CMLL, they aren't going to be able to defend that belt for 90 days, period. Um, you know, and, and it's just a couple other, like a lot more of this is out of the individual wrestlers control, despite the fact that they are pretending that it is the individual wrestlers issue. I'm sorry, Dusty. It sounded like you had some, some thoughts. Oh, there too. yeah. I was just going to mention that, like, I know this wasn't their intention, but this is by far the most attention and the most important. The CMLL world heavyweight title has felt in years, right? Like I can't even <laughs> right? imagine the last time there was this much hype and, publicity and everything around i mean it's been a long time yeah and and so yeah and cmlo really needed that injection of popularity and attention so maybe this will help mm-hmm. i feel bad for dmt azul but maybe cmll can make the best of it there's gonna be a lot more eyes on that anniversary show for sure because mm-hmm. they're also going to be filling the trios championship that was held by ngd so uh who we're going to be talking about more later in this show um, they, spoiler, they left CMLL, so they're gonna show up somewhere in another not CMLL portion. This is why we're talking, what we're ta- talking about, though. CMLL's right now is all around other issues, and so, like, people are looking at why people are leaving, and again, Cubs has a bigger breakdown of this, but I did want to point out that if you're not able to, in a pandemic era, work shows uh, at a uh, of doing CMLL is that you usually get three shows on fixed, you know, fixed days of the week, and then you get workout time around that. So unique thing that no other wrestling promotion in the world offers. You have fixed days and in in one of three fixed locations. Uh, very little travel involved. Lots of facilities. Involved, uh, yes, Arena Mexico and uh, uh, is in a terrible part of Mexico City, and you don't want to go there unarmed on a, uh, on your own. But you uh, you uh, you definitely it definitely has its advantages. But if they're not able to get that booking, you they're not able to make their money, and other things were happening. So the, uh, this is probably what has led to NGD leaving. Uh, definitely, Diamant, uh, Diam- yeah, Azul has said that uh, you know money was a big issue, a big part of his decision to leave, uh, and he wanted that to take that belt with him because that 
lets him have command bigger money at other shows. Um, so the Cubs also gave us this list here. Uh, bookings outside of CMLL by CML wrestlers in 2021. Ultimo Guerrero had 26. He's the, the, by the Cubs' count, he's the, the one that had the most by a good margin because the next highest is Uvia and Nitro at 14. And then you have Sanson has three, Quatro has one, and Farastero has one. Uh, you just can't make a living like that. And if you're a young, talented wrestler, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a death sentence for you. Your, your brand is dying, your, your money isn't coming in, and you're using. So the reason that Blue Panther is able to, to main event right now in CMLL as a elder statesman of Lucha Libre is because he went during in the height of his popularity, wrestled every night all over Mexico and was in the newspapers, was on TV, all of that sort of thing. Um, so that, you know, you know, and you needed to be able to do that. And that's that's not something that's even even before the pandemic that people weren't on pace for that. NGD wasn't really on pace for being as nationally recognized as as, say, a, a Blue Panther or an Ultimo Guerrero, who's the still getting a bunch of outside bookings and mysteriously being allowed to going back to CMLL's reluctance to allow people to uh to have uh have wrestlers at other shows. We've talked about that on this. Um I don't know. Did did either of you have any thoughts on this before I I tie in my one last factoid from CMLL which is a result? Um no, I can't think of anything. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's yeah. It's such an interesting and it is development, and I think it's just really, especially for maybe those who are more used to, you know, American wrestling politics. It shows really the big difference between, you know, how wrestling operates in the United States and in Mexico, and how there's entities outside of it that have an influence where here in the United States, it's the, the companies, you know, there's some tie in, but overall they are the ones that, that oversee and have the influence over what happens. But I think just seeing how much there's other outside groups um, or people that have uh, an influence on what happens is very fascinating. And I think shows how Lucha Libre is much more ingrained into the, the actual politics and governance yes. within Actual, Mexico, yeah. Right? Can you, can you imagine if the uh, if the the, the uh, boxing commission had had the authority to strip wrestlers of titles in any yeah. of the states? Like Las yeah. Vegas comes to mind immediately, or Texas, or just crazy to think about the the level of of politics that is involved in that. Um, yeah. This is a very fascinating story. CMLL is unfortunately very fascinating right now for all the wrong reasons because it should, we should just be seeing the front side of this. We shouldn't be paying nearly as much attention to their, their, how they operate and what's going on and the fact that all of these young talents are leaving often with belts is really pointing. I mean, it's, it's, in a way, it's good. I actually think that this might help CMLL come out of this tailspin and come out as a big promotion again. But uh, 
it's weird that it's happening this way. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the result that I was going to give is again, an example of some, of some of this weirdness, the main event for a recent show, uh, I believe it was the, the Friday night show was turned out to be Fugaz Titan and Volador Jr. against, uh, Camelo Diablo one, two and Hechicero. This was originally, announced as NGD, who, as we mentioned already, had left, uh, wound up leaving. So they were replaced by Titan, Volador, and Templario, and then Templario also had to be replaced. So Fugaz was, was put in. So just to show you what a weird state of flux it was, but also to show you just how seamlessly they can make another main event match happen with with names that don't sound weird or out of place in the main event picture you know if i just said if i hadn't given you any of that and just said fugas titan and volador were in the main event trios match nobody would have batted an eye at this um they did get the win over the the heels that's really not the story but it, it does sound like it was kind of an interesting match despite the fact that it's basically being overshadowed by all the politics that's going on but that's that's my CLL for this week. Uh, again, I'm gonna put put this out there. Do you want do you want more results? Because there's tons of results, or do you want more of this uh, political stuff? We're we're covering it because we on the show are interested in the political stuff. But if you if you want me to just shut up and read off the results, I will happily do that for you. Let me know, or let Miranda know if you don't want to talk to me or Dusty or Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's my pit. Uh, we're, we get to talk about the uh, the really big show now. Yeah. Yes, Dusty, can you take us into Triple Mania, big big event? Yes, yeah, we have Triple Mania results. This past Saturday, August the fourteenth, we had Triple Mania, and for the sake of brevity, I'm just going to run down the card first with the winners and losers, then we'll kind of discuss the matches. First up. We had our Marvel match, Arachno, Estrella Cosmica, Leyenda Americana, and they defeated Picadora Letal, Terra Purpura, and Venenoide. Our second match was the Copa Triple Mania, with friend of the show Mr. Iguana defeating Miss Disease Jr., Carta Brava Jr., Aramis, Tito Santana, Nino Amberguesa, Drago, Pimpinella Escarlata, Arginas, Mamba, Mocha Cota Jr., Viano 3 and, and Viano 3 Jr. Um, and then after the match, we saw Parca Degra, Superfly, and Octagon Jr. get involved. Third match on the card was Diana Perazzo defeating Fabi Apache to get both belts, the AAA Reina's title against the Impact's Knockouts title. Uh, Tirantes, Io Del Tirantes was the ref. He was very involved in this match. The fourth match was, uh, the tag team match, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., the Lucha Bros, defeated Il Del Vaquingo and Laredo Kid, and Brian Cage as the Luchador Sorpresa, joining Black Taurus. The fifth match was Trio's match. The La Empresa team of DMT Azul, Puma King, and Sam Adonis defeated Chessman, Murder Clown, and Pagano after Chessman and Pagano fought amongst themselves and cost their team the match. 
The sixth match on the card was Kenny Omega defeating Andrade for the AAA Mega Campion Championship. Conan accompanied Kenny Omega. Ric Flair accompanied Andrade. Very cool. And our main event was the mask versus hair, a poistus match between Psycho Clown and Reyes Scorpion. Psycho Clown won even after his sister Goya Kong turned on him. So first up, we'll discuss the Marvel match. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Arachno pinned Venenoide with a 630 splash. I think I've got all the players involved. Arachno was played by Io Del Vikingo. Cosmica Estrella was played by Lady Maravilla. Leyenda Americana was played by Octagon Jr. Picadura Letal was played by Sexy Star, the second Sexy Star, the new one. Um, Terror Papura was played by Brian Cage again. And once again, Venenoide was played by Black Taurus. There was a moment at the beginning that a lot of people liked where Arachno ziplined down from the roof. I didn't care for that. I don't talk about it often, but I was actually at Over the Edge at Kemper Arena when Owen Hart died. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever really need to see another zipline or, you know, rope drop spot. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I thought the match itself was a lot of fun. It obviously had a lot of big names involved, even if you didn't necessarily know they were the yeah. the big names at the time. And they just had a lot of fun. They were showing off. They had a good time. You could see it in their work. Great match. Afterwards, we saw El Furioso. The, that's the character based on the Incredible Hulk. He appeared. He was played by Murder Clown, I believe. And then we had a promo from El Ingenoso, who is based on Loki, who was supposed to be a surprise, but he was actually leaked a long time back when Walmart released his exclusive figure from the second line of the Funko Pops early. And, but great match, highly recommended, just a fun match. And then the Copa Triple Mania, this was the true highlight of the show for me for personal reasons. You know, Friend of the show, big fan of Mr. Iguana. He won. He pinned Carter Brava Jr. to come out on top. He won the trophy, the Copa Triple Mania trophy. And truly, this was one of the better Copas in recent years. The entrances yeah. moved much more quickly than they traditionally do at a Triple Mania mm-hmm. type event. <laughs> that really helped. Um, everybody got a moment after their entrance, before the next guy's entrance to really get their spot in, to get their move in, you know, and the whole thing was just very well paced while still being super high energy, but it never, a lot of times these Copas can drag or they can get confusing. I didn't have mm-hmm. any of that with this particular match. Loved that. Mr. Iguana's celebration after the match did not last long, however, because NGD, Nuevo Generacion Dinamitas, the Cuatrero, Forestero, and Sanson, they arrived, had a surprise debut after Brendan mentioned they jumped ship on CMLL. They attacked Mr. Iguana. Then they attacked Aramis Octagon Jr. and even a couple of AAA employees just to make sure they got the point across. <laughs> Eventually, that was interrupted when Poder del Norte came out to confront NGD. They kicked their asses, too. And then La Empresa came out to assist NGD. They, they, together, they beat down Poder del Norte. NGD then joined La Empresa. They gave so them shirts. Like super faction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now we went from a trio to a faction. 
an NWO like faction, the yes. outside invaders that are just beating everybody down. Yeah. And, and these are younger, very cool guys. So it's, you know, like, yeah, very good parallel to the NWO, aside from the Hogan. We don't have our Hogan yeah. character yet, <laughs> but everything else, yeah, I mean, and it, and it feels fresh and exciting in a way. The the pandemic was really what affected it, but Law Presa didn't feel like it really had legs yet. But after this show, it felt like not only did it have legs, like they're they're ready for the sprint. Like it was so good. Next up was an amazing, amazing match. We had Kenny Omega versus Andrade El Idolo. This was a match of the year contender, in my personal opinion. I've heard otherwise from other people, but for me, this was a match of the year contender. So good. We had the added bonus of Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, the nature boy himself, making his first AAA appearance. This is only like his third or fourth professional wrestling appearance in Mexico ever. It's the only one he's ever had outside of the WWE just house show tours down there. So very cool. He was infamously supposed to wrestle in CMLL in the early 80s. And allegedly, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but allegedly he turned around and left before he could wrestle because he found out the payment they had offered him was in pesos, not dollars. And he was furious about the money difference and left. Like he just didn't understand it was pesos. And and I'd like to believe that's true because Ric Flair is terrible with money. Yeah. <laughs> But this was an exceptional match. Kenny was fresh off of his loss to Christian on AEW Friday Night Rampage, and he wrestled like he had something to prove. So, I mean, we had that. There was a great spot during the match where Rick and Andrade hit matching parallel figure fours on Kenny and Conan. So cool. It's the first time we've seen Rick hit the figure four in quite a long time yeah. as well. I think since his impact days. And just very cool to see him back. Yeah. I'm a big Ric Flair fan, if you can't tell. But <laughs> even with having Ric Flair, having the nature boy at his side, Andrade could not stop the one-winged angel, and he lost to Kenny and did not get the championship. <sighs> it's kind of an interesting wrinkle in the the whole thing, but neither of these two guys are AAA wrestlers, yep. but they are both AEW wrestlers. So that automatically gives AEW a certain amount of influence in the match, whether AAA kind of wanted that or not. They are working together. You know, I mean, that's been obvious. But it was been reported by Dave Meltzer, and Ric Flair has been a source for Dave for years and years. So you can guess this mm -hmm. is probably how it went. But originally in May, AAA wanted Andrade to win. However, AEW already kind of had the plans mapped out for things and asked if Kenny could retain, and AAA acquiesced. They agreed to let Kenny retain. But when Andrade showed up in Mexico City with Ric Flair, and Rick was ready to appear in the show, get involved in the match, Tony Khan was suddenly okay with Andrade winning because like, he's got Ric Flair with him. Because it's Ric Flair. Yeah. yeah like, like the headline would have been card. bigger than the loss but yeah yeah oh. but by that point triple a had already allegedly decided that they wanted kenny to drop the title to 
a triple A wrestler, you know, not to a uncontracted wrestler. Someone else. They had plans further down the line. Yeah. Yes. And Psycho Clown kind of seems like the obvious plans, but allegedly Kenny wants to, you know, drop the title or at least have a match with Io Del Vikingo. And if he was champion and beat Kenny Omega, like Psycho Clown's already the John Cena of Mexico. He beats Kenny mm-hmm. Omega. Fans are like, yeah, he beat Kenny Omega. But if Io Del Vikingo beats Kenny Omega, that's a whole other story. Uh-huh. I mean, it, that's yep. it's making someone. And, and mm-hmm. I know you, mm-hmm. we won't really touch on it, but that almost alludes to Kenny uh, as far as losing the Impact Championship that he had this past week to someone who's already fairly established. And that's the same thing with the AEW belt. Like if he keeps losing these belts to people who are already established, then what's, uh, I feel like being the whole belt collector gimmick really, really goes undervalued because instead of elevating new talent to an upper echelon that is beyond what a lot of them could imagine, it's really more of a way just, it feels like a way to just get rid of these belts instead of elevating newer talent yeah. that, I mean, could, you could launch them into the stratosphere if they are the people who beats Kenny's for these belts. Right. I'm already slightly put out that we missed out on the Andrade win because they had to put Christian Cage over. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah, and I know what? that's another part of the story, too, supposedly, that, that at one point AEW didn't want um, uh, Kenny to lose because he had just recently lost the belts to, uh, the impact belts to Christian Cage, which also in hindsight, you know, had been reported that they knew when they wanted to drop the belts, uh, the impact belts too. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting how these timelines are intertwining, how some of these stories say that, um, these decisions have already been made quite some time ago compared to, well, these were decisions that were made the day of or this past week. Um, to yeah. me, it feels like it's very hard to, you know, there, it's a lot of intricacies in these and it makes me wonder, you know, what's really the story? Absolutely. Well, I, I have, a, uh, I do have, there's the, the Conan story that I wanted to, to bring in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the story that Conan said on his podcast about Andrade bringing Ric Flair was they had the match signed, they had everything going. Andrade sends him a nice little polite request. He's like, is it okay if Rick comes with because he wants to see the match? Like, that was how Ric Flair got booked for this. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, you know, by the way, I have this legend that just wants to come down and, and hang out backstage. Well, <laughs> and Andrade's living the yeah, dream. <laughs> wouldn't have a lot of that depended on, and I don't know if they knew when Ric Flair was going to be released from his WWE contract, but yeah. I'm sure the fact that he was released from his contract before this match came up or before this this match happened was really the big thing i'm sure if he was still under contract he would have stayed behind but the timing of his release worked out perfectly for (laughs) yeah but but again it's just yeah that's how it all started it's just i'd like to bring rick because he wants to see me do this match and they're like like, uh we got a better idea yeah it's so cool (laughs) And, and also um i haven't I didn't have time to do the math and everything and aggregate it. Um, 
Cubs fans recording of the match as it was maybe not taken down, but it was not available to me when I went to look for the tat for the tally. But he mentioned at one point the video had over 250,000 views on YouTube. So that's a lot of people that went out of their way to check out the Andrade versus Kenny Omega match. And hopefully Andrade is on his way up. He kind of had a little bit of a stutter. I felt like with his popularity after the WWE release. And, but now he's on the way up. Like I said, he's living the dream. I mean, like, Hanging out with Ric Flair all the time. There's pictures of him and Rick and Roosh. I mean, cool yeah. stuff. And but we I, had a couple. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, it's, I hate to say it, but his window seems really narrow right now. This was the weekend to do it, which is part of why I'm yeah. upset. Because I yes. can see that as well. I if, can see that as if well. If the rumors are true, uh, even if half the rumors are true, between the CM Punk and Brian Danielson rumors. There's, he's gonna get pushed further and further down the card by these ready-made big names. That's uh, true. We haven't talked a lot about that on the show because it's not really lucha related. But yes, there are huge rumors that released WWE superstar CM Punk and Brian Danielson are on their way to AEW, and there's been some, several hints that make it seem like it's at least one, if not. Both of them. Absolutely. Yeah, they may have already been there by the time you hear this. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's big rumors for the August 20th episode of Rampage. Uh, But also on Triple Mania, we had a tag team match. Great match. This match ended with Pentagon pinning Vikingo after a tandem pile driver to retain the titles. That was actually my only real complaint with this match was that Vikingo took the pin. Otherwise... This was honestly an incredible match. Definitely a tag team match of the year contender. We had the surprise appearance from Brian Cage and the just phenomenal tag team wrestling. Cage was there. He was the luchador Supresa to join Black Taurus. But he's also worked with Penta, Phoenix, and Laredo Kid before in multiple companies. Uh-huh. So, you know, the whole thing was kind of a breath of fresh air while it was still being familiar and it felt well thought out. You know, this is, and he was able to do double duty with the Marvel match. They only had to buy one ticket, pay for one <laughs> hotel room. And I mean, like it just, Marvelous. Cage felt like a great fit. Yeah. Good business. I, I, that was my one note for this match is I would like to see more of this Cage Taru's tag. Yes. I, I mean, I would yes. too. Yes. I mean, they're all, all six of these guys, but especially it felt like Cage and Tor- like the big hossy style they've got. They're on top of their game. They're better than ever. Like, yeah, I, I would love to see that become a thing. And with Impact and, you know, Dynamite working together and Cage's history and Impact, maybe we could see this become a thing. Like, more chance than ever. Mm-hmm. The match itself didn't break any new ground. Like there were no, you know, crazy new moves or anything. But these were six guys at the top of their game. One of the best matches of the night. One of the two at best, in my opinion, between that and the the Kenny Omega Andrade match. And it was the best tag team match I've seen in a long time. Maybe all year. Like this was a really good match. And then we had our main event, the Apuestas match. Psycho Clown versus Rey Scorpion, Mask versus Hair, 
uh, we all knew going into this that Psycho Clown was never going to lose his mask. But after all the goodwill and feelings from fans and everything towards him lately, after the recent and unfortunate passing of his father, Brazo de Oro, Super Porky, there was less than zero chance he would lose this Apuestas match. I do have to give AAA a lot of credit for the buildup before the match because they gave us like hints and feeling that a Scorpion might win. He consistently put Psycho Clown through the tables with the Guerrero special, but it was just too little to compete with Psycho Clown's history and popularity. The match itself was very good. Inexplicably, at the end, Goya Kong, Psycho Clown's sister, also Brazo de Oro's daughter, she showed up to betray her brother. Psycho Clown showed no effect to that, though. Three seconds later, he got the pin, and it felt like a real AAA finish. No selling, as always. <laughs> <laughs> he even no-sold his own sister. No, yeah. no, <laughs> I I hate it. like I I would have loved it if they'd done anything to set it up at all, but they didn't. Anything. Just they yeah. tried to do it out yeah. of nowhere. Like uh, uh, and someone else was talking about it. Even if like Psycho Clown had just accidentally knocked her off the apron at some point during a spot to at least yeah. set up the idea, maybe she had a reason to be angry with him. And then because he won anyway, there's there's no. None of that, the betrayal that'll carry over to another week of programming where she has to explain why she did what she did because it doesn't matter now. Ah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All fair. All very fair assessment. Yeah. And if you want to check out Triple Mania now, uh, Lucha Blog is hosting several of the videos on YouTube at Lucha Blog Dose. DOS, all one word. And also always check out, put on your mask and check out luchacentral.com. <laughs> there it is. And they've, they've got everything about Triple Mania. There's a review, there's clips, there, there's even a shout out and a big thank you to Cubs fan for running the Lucha Blog stream of Triple Mania. I know that's how I watched it. I think that's how Brendan watched it. it um, yeah, he, we just want to give him a special shout out too. He's really a credit to the Lucha yeah. community, especially on the American side of things. And this whole Triple Mania segment would not have been possible without him this week. So big yeah. thank yous to him. Thank you so much, Cubs. They did a they did an after show that's available as well, where they did, had their own breakdowns and thoughts. Uh, so if you want to hear a a, a, a even more deeply educated opinion on the show. <laughs> he and Rob yeah. Viper would go over it. Rob Viper. I'm going to say your name right so that I don't sound like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, uh, it's worth, worth your time to check that out, too. Absolutely. Uh, well, that leads us into this week in AEW with a stacked week with Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, and, uh, of course, the big news coming out of Rampage from last week. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, At this for, point, it's not spoiling it. It's yeah, all over. Yeah, everybody knew. Everybody. <laughs> I think it was the and, biggest news story coming out of Rampage from last week. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are two stories, and so we'll we'll focus on the other one too. But first up, we had Dark Elevation, TH2 versus the Lucha Brothers. This was legitimately one of my favorite Dark Elevation matches ever. I know I said that we'd be cutting back on Dark Elevation and Dark going into the future with Rampage debuting, but if Tony Khan keeps giving us exactly what we want like this, I'll keep reviewing it. So I'll recognize it when he brings the good stuff. And, and this was the good stuff. It was incredible. Phoenix and Angelico started us out, and they were so evenly matched. And the similarities and juxtapositions of their styles were to get, worked together. Real, It was just beautiful. Uh, Angelico even pulled out a Super Delphin clutch. He was a masked wrestler from Japan. That was an awesome throwback. Like, that's that's not something you see every day. Very cool. Penta had the crowd in the palm of his hand the entire time. Like, anybody that can get over by taking off their glove like he does, like... That had such a hot crowd for Penta. They just loved him. For the finish, Penta tagged in from Phoenix. They hit a double stomp assisted Fear Factor. Then Phoenix dived onto Angelico to keep him out of action as Penta pinned Jack Evans. Like, this is the match you mentally picture when you hear TH2 versus the Lucha Bros. And they really delivered. I've said it before, but Jack Evans has finally got his mojo back. He's, I mean, he had a little bit of a stumble there for a while, but he has consistently the last several weeks on dark and dark elevation been great. And mm-hmm. I want to recognize him for that. Then Tuesday night, we had dark chaos project and Cole Carter in their first trios match versus the death triangle with Alex Abrahantes. I've mentioned it before about Pentagon, but or Penta, but the crowd loves Death Triangle. They love Penta. They love the Lucha Bros. I feel like Cole Carter must have lost a bet here because he didn't seem to have any idea how much pain he was in for. The Lucha Bros, you know, they whooped up on him. Pac whooped up. Like, after they got done, they let Pac have a turn. Luther used him as a weapon. Later in the match, they grabbed Serpentico, took him off the apron, and yelled at Cole Carter that he was ugly. There was just all kinds of pain coming coming Cole Carter's way in this match. But even though Andrade came out for a distraction, he did not have Ric Flair, he did not have Chavo, but it didn't do anything to stumble the Death Triangle. They picked up another trio's win to climb up the rankings in just under four minutes. They officially have trio's match uh, results, like the ranking, not the ranking, I guess, but the win-loss record on the AEW roster page now. And so I feel like we're slowly building to the trio's either a tournament, a title, something with the trios there's just been more and more focus on them lately so keep an eye out for that then on i firmly sorry i'm gonna cut in i firmly they just did yeah i just think they didn't do anything in 2020 because it was 2020 so we're back i think we're back on pace for it well and that was the rumor you know allegedly they had had some trios belts made People in the belt community claim to have seen them like the belt collecting community. Mm -hmm. I have not seen them yet, but 
allegedly they exist and people say they're really nice. So hopefully now that we have crowds back and everything's kind of, even if it goes to a crowdless situation, AEW has really figured out their momentum and their drive and what they want to do at Daly's place for shows. And I think they could continue on with at least as much popularity, but hopefully we'll get to see that with crowds. Also speaking of death triangle on Wednesday night, you know what that means. It's dynamite. And we had death triangle backstage with Tony. He did a little interview. Lucha bros are now in the eliminator tag team tournament. We'll see the winners face the young bucks at all out. And, you know, it's very likely Lucha Bros are headed there. I've mentioned a couple times, you know, they're quickly coming up in the rankings, especially with their dark and dark elevation appearances. So it's, it'll be interesting. In the interview, Pac stepped up to Andrade, got on the mic, said he would fight Andrade anytime, anywhere. And if Andrade wants Chicago, Andrade gets Chicago. Pack was glad that Andrade had balls, but what chance does a man like Andrade have against a bastard like Pack? Yeah, but what? No, yeah, just don't know. And and, and so that's when Andrade showed up. Like he wasn't going to take that sitting down. He must have left Ric Flair back in Mexico because he showed up with Chavo tonight, and. Andrade said if Pac wants the match, he has to agree to the terms and conditions, and he whipped out a fat stack of legal documents. Chavo said that the Lucha Bros can never be tag team champions with a boss like Pac. I've mentioned it last week, but everything that happens with this feud feels more and more like the winner is going to get custody of the Lucha Bros. It, it seems weird, but that's, that's what we're building towards. Like they're kind of fighting uh, over who's going to get to be their boss. Yeah, and kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm, you know, <laughs> we, we were talking about AEW's abusive stipulations off air. I think this would be a fine stipulation for them. <laughs> yeah. Winner gets custody of the Lucha Bros. <laughs> now they get two Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> Also on Dynamite this week, we had Thunder Rosa versus Penelope Ford. I want to give an early shout out to La Marimera's amazing new Texas gear. It looked amazing. I loved it. The Houston crowd loved it, and they loved her too. Penelope Ford has new gear. She's kind of changed up the look. She looked fantastic tonight. You know, a much needed change, I feel like it. It was subtle, but it, yeah, I mean, it just looked so tough in the best way. And, like, on paper, I can see where if you haven't been paying attention, Thunder Rosa versus Penelope Ford might sound a little one-sided. But this was a surprisingly great match. There was a lot of technical back and forth, especially the ending sequence that saw Penelope counter the Thunder Driver into a Muda Lock. She used the Muda Lock twice. The first time Rosa was able to roll out, well, both times she was able to roll out using pure strength, but the first time she rolled out into an arm bar, Penelope was able to grab the rope and break the hold. The second time, it was this leg capture choke submission. It was just incredible. Fantastic. Rosa got the win. Penelope has really impressed me the last several weeks. 
She has been improving more and more every week. She's really fantastic now. Her and Rosa brought out the best in each other for this match and in a way that I love. Rosa has a tendency to do that with everybody she faces in AEW. I mean, think about Britt Baker. She was great. I mean, she was great, but she wasn't the champion until after her feud with Thunder Rosa. Like, steel start sharpened steel. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that again. AEW is so lucky to have Thunder Rosa. I mean, you can tell that she's just... Everybody that works with her improves. They're better afterwards. She's got Mission Pro down in San Antonio. I mean, she's a teacher. This is what she does. And and you see the results so plainly in this match with Penelope Ford. I also want to shout out the camera work and production. WWE is almost unwatchable with the cuts and the camera shakes and everything that goes on. But this was so good. The way they kept reversing the submissions towards the hard camera and the hard camera stayed focused right on their faces. So you could see it at the very most important points. It was incredibly well done. And it just was such a stark comparison to what we're used to seeing before AEW that I had to give that a special mention. Then Friday night, we had Rampage. We already mentioned the big match between Kenny Omega, Christian Cage. Christian Cage won the Impact and TNA World Titles. We'll see what happens. I have a feeling that's building to an this match at All Out. Titles versus titles between Kenny and Christian. But you never know. Maybe somebody will beat Christian. Kenny will take them on. It'll be interesting. Our other big match of the night, much more relevant to the show, was Fuego Del Sol versus Miro. It was a non-title match, but if Fuego wins, he gets an all-elite contract. And before the bell even rang, he hit a DDT. He hit a couple more DDTs on Miro in the match, but it wasn't enough. Fuego lost. He now stands at a record of 1-49. and However... Despite losing after the match, Sammy and Tony after the match and the commercial, so, so Sammy and Tony Khan came out and like even though we're used to seeing them on Impact and a few other things, Tony really never comes out on AEW TV. Right. Like that's yeah. pretty rare. And so you knew it was special, and they were there to give Fuego his much deserved and much wanted contract. On Dynamite this week, Miro said that last said that he does not forgive Fuego Del Sol because of last week, that he serves a mighty God, and he believes that Fuego will have to face that mighty God for his betrayal and not winning, but taking the contract he didn't deserve. However, Miro is moving on. He's challenging Eddie Kingston next week. and We've kind of hinted at this before, but it's one of those stipulations in AEW that just don't mean anything now. Like, yeah. And, they just have so many stipulation matches and gimmick matches. And I just absolutely. feel like, though I'm happy, this was one thing that I think ended up paying off storyline-wise, which is what I'm uh, more drawn to as a wrestling fan. The yeah, emotion, yeah. the hard work, like, and elevating a new talent. You absolutely. know, a lot of these things combine together to tell such a great story. But I think that AEW in general oversaturates, you know, with stipulation matches and then doesn't follow through always with those stipulation matches or the stipulation matches are kind of silly and they're only a means to an end. Um, and I feel like that eventually will negate the meaning behind stipulation matches if they keep 
doing them so frequently. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely thought Fuego was already signed. He's been in the intro for Elevation for over a month. There have been a lot of rumors that he was all elite, you know, and that they were playing it up for storyline issues. I I still don't know. I mean, like, I kind of feel like he was already signed, but the emotion of the moment when he saw that contract, I if Fuego faked that, he's one of the best actors in the world. Right? Keep he was him literally anyway. yeah. Yeah. give that man, yeah. give that give man, that man, yeah, give him an award. <laughs> I mean, he yeah the the emotion and and there was an emotional connection. It's nice to see that hard work pays off and that dreams do come true. Like that's something that just as people we want to see and to see that reflected back at us in Fuego was a very special moment, but I hope they lay off the stipulations that go nowhere and mean nothing. Like we, yeah, it it just cheapens the the stipulations that, and, and they've had some fun ones. The, Jericho and Orange Cassidy comes to mind, the Mimosa match. That was fun, but at the same time, it's just fun for fun's sake in a lot of ways, and it cheapens the moment, cheapens the impact of the the stipulation. And and unlike this, it's not a stipulation that had didn't did anything moving forward. So it, it that that made it worse in my opinion. Um, a match yeah. to have a gimmick match, but it had no ongoing. In fact, it, it kind of meant that we were going to have to see more of that, that few just to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And if you guys still want, like, if you're listening to this and you think, well, I still want dark and dark elevation. If there was, you know, we didn't focus much on it this week. Let me know. Just drop us a line, drop Brendan a line, drop Miranda a line. Just let us know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for Brendan. Let us know if you want us to keep covering dark, dark elevation. But in the future, unless there's something especially Lucha relevant, we may not be covering it as much. So, but we're here for you. So let us know what you want and always check out luchacentral.com put on your mask check it out they've got results reviews everything what were you gonna say brendan so uh i feel we would be remiss if we didn't mention the extremely viral moment that happened in this week's uh dynamite uh where sammy guevara Oh yes. So I just yeah, to... congratulations to sammy on his engagement yeah, yeah that was very cool uh, there's a video going around on YouTube of the actual proposal. Uh, she was on the show tonight. She worked with uh, during the match with Sean Spears and figured into the whole thing. There was enough bad blood between Sammy and Sean already with the whole pinnacle and inner circle thing that it wasn't really necessary. But boy, did it give you like you, you wanted to see Sean Spears get that comeuppance because how dare he step yeah. to our boy Sammy on his they engagement found, day yeah. and tried to besmirch his fiance. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. They, they, the, the moment itself went viral because it was super sweet and adorable. I didn't even know about the storyline part of it. But yeah, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. congratulations on that. And then I, I, having an emotional connection, I hope, look forward to seeing that, that later. Cause, uh, 
I, that's what I've been looking for out of that feud is a reason to really be invested in Sammy winning other than I just like Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I totally agree. And I mean, Sammy's going to be a main event guy here in a couple of years too. And the fact that they're letting him get this stuff in now, it just shows the confidence and the kind of support behind Sammy within AEW. And that is really awesome to me. Like, can't wait to see Sammy ascend to the main event. It's coming soon. I hope, uh, you know, everything that inner circle does, Sammy looks like the star in it. The tonight was no exception. And for, more Inner Circle news, more AEW news, news in general. Put on your mask and go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Indeed. We also have this week in NXT. Not a lot of Lucha Libre content to go over again. With all the changes happening in NXT, it will be very interesting to see uh, how things roll the next few weeks, next few months in NXT. But this was the home go home show before NXT takeover, and two fairly pivotal segments happened. Um, one was, of course, another run in between Hit Row and Legado de Fantasma. That started out with Hit Row coming out to the ring, getting on the mic, and talking about Santos Escobar, ripping out Isaiah Swerve Scott's uh, grill. Uh, and, you know, from there, Escobar showed up on the Titan Drum or to the screen um, saying that, you know what, he realized things got out of hand. Uh, when he took out Swerve's grill, then they burned the lucha mask. So he said, you know what? I'm going to give you back your grill. Why don't you come and meet me out in the parking lot? I'm on my own by myself. Come here. We can deal with this man to man. And he did. Isaiah Swerve Scott went out there, but he was ambushed by Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza. And of course, then that led into a brawl between Hit Row and Legado de Fantasma. Um, ultimately, though, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott rammed Escobar into the garage door um, and did take back his grill. Uh, it was made official today that we are going to see Hit Row, all of Hit Row, all of the Gato de Fantasma against each other next week on NXT. So um, it will be very interesting uh, to see that. Again, we've been talking about, you know, eventually they do move on to war games. This is a war games match, period. So yep. <laughs> hopefully they can hold off on that. Or maybe they do have a match together and then they end up, uh, you know, having to still maybe shenanigans ensue and they end up having a match still at war games. But uh, no match, just another segment between Legado de Fantasma and Hit Row. A very heated rivalry, heated program. Fans are invested in it. The show is fairly invested in it. And I think this is one of the anchors that the show needs right now. Because there's lots of things happening in all different directions. Also, we had a satellite interview between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Very interesting back and forth between the two. Uh, and of course, Raquel is referring to herself as Big Mommy Cool. Uh, or not referring to herself. Dakota referred to herself to that. But again, really playing on that Shawn Michaels diesel dynamic. Um, because it's very, very similar to that. But really playing up the fact that, you know, Dakota Kai had taught everything 
to Raquel Gonzalez, but not quite everything. There's still some tricks up Dakota Kai's sleeve, but also Raquel being incredibly dominant. And no matter what Dakota does, Raquel will have her number. Um, and so a very great back and forth between the two. Of course, again, Raquel really incorporating a lot of aspects of her attitude, incorporating Spanish into her promo, which I really appreciate because uh, I think it just really helps make her very just unique and stand out um, and a very just heated satellite interview between the two. And also at the end of NXT this week, we did have the confrontation between Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe, a all-out brawl. But, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there's just, to me, I'm very not invested in the main event picture that, well, and to be honest, let's let's call a spade a spade. That's not going to be the main event of TakeOver. We know that already because as far as the card goes, uh, we do have the uh, two out of three falls match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Um, and that is very likely going to be the main event. And with Karrion Cross still doing double duty on Raw and mixed messages on his character between Raw and NXT, um, it's very much assumed that Karrion Cross will lose the NXT championship to Samoa Joe um, and end up transitioning full time to Raw. So uh, as far as a preview for NXT TakeOver, we did already talk about Raquel Gonzalez defending the NXT Women's Championship against Dakota Kai. Uh, Karrion Cross will be defending uh, the NXT Championship against Samoa Joe. And then you have some other matches, L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, um, Walter versus uh, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, and that's all that's been uh, announced, a fairly small light card for TakeOver. Um Unless something gets added at the last minute. So, uh, and there are reports that NXT ta- or NXT, uh, is be- possibly reverting back to a taped schedule. Um, that seems to be going back and forth where maybe the next two shows will be taped and after that we'll go back live. Other reports say they are fully going back to be taped. Um, others are saying that that's not what USA wanted, that they wanted a live show. So WWE will continue to have to produce a live show. We are not sure yet. We will see what happens. Um, and also just, again, fun thing that happened on NXT since we are talking about weddings. Uh, the proposal of Indy Hartwell to Dexter Loomis, not Lucha related, but man, I'm a sucker for love. Uh, and I actually thought that was a really well done segment. So, uh, NXT yeah. is still all over the place with their, you know, feuds. Um, I'm very curious with your guys' thoughts real quick on the two championship matches, uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, uh, Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe. What are your quick predictions for those two matches? Dusty, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I think it's obvious Samoa Joe wins. Like, it's just kind of what it's building towards. He's left his position to become a, you know, like, to become a performer wrestler at NXT now. Um, yeah, we had all that storyline set up, and usually NXT doesn't build this up with story like that and not pay off. So I think that Samoa Joe is the obvious winner. I also feel like the – I'll talk about this later in the WWE segment, but I feel like the Jeff Hardy loss locked, knocked a lot of the shine mm-hmm. off of Karrion Cross And, like, so I, I just feel that Samoa Joe is the right choice, and whoever 
beats him, it'll be huge. It would be mm-hmm. bigger than them beating Karrion Cross. Yeah. Like he's probably transitional, but yeah, gives a good rub to whoever wins. And I don't know. Like I, I think Dakota Kai might win. It seems. I don't know, not necessarily like a more likely choice, the more WWE choice, but I like Raquel to win. Her size and her strength, they're just hard for Dakota Kai to match. Uh, she's got good momentum right now. I, I feel like this is Raquel's weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brendan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, anybody who listens to the show regularly knows Raquel's going to win. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just, you know I'm going to say it. Uh, I think the more interesting one is I disagree. I think that this is, uh, going to be a carrying cross thing. I think oh. that, uh, building, building the way they have, like he can't win is the way that you rebuild his brand. Um, and I think that, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a territorial war here going on, but, uh, uh, one way or the other, we're going to get a clear picture as to what Karrion Cross's future is going to look like. Yes. Either NXT is going to have him win, and they're going to make him their guy, or they're going to have him lose so that he can continue to be flushed down the toilet on the main roster. But, yeah, that more to say on that one than the Raquel <laughs> match, yes. because... She needs the, she also needs the win because she needs to, they want to establish her as the dominant champion. They need, they don't, uh, as much as I like Dakota Kai maybe having a championship at some point, they need to have her as the champion to keep that, the women's division, which is a little bit in a good place until they know what the next thing they want to do with it is. Put it on Frankie Monet. <laughs> well, and that could be the big view that they're working up towards. I'd love to see them build up mm-hmm. yeah. to be the next title contender within Me the next too. six months. Yeah. Um, you know, so it'll be very interesting to, to see that. Of course, Lucha Central will have your results, not only of this week in NXT, but of course, NXT TakeOver. So stay tuned. And of course, stay tuned to this show because we know we're going to be talking about it next week. Speaking of this weekend, we got the final plug for the events in Las Vegas. Brendan and I will kind of tag team this. Uh, mm-hmm. Mass Republic has a big role coming up in uh, both the Keeping It 100 Live happening this Friday, uh, August 20th, and the Andrade meet and greet happening on Saturday the 21st. Yeah, I mean, we've said most of what needs to be said. Uh the plan right now is the the Keeping It 100 podcast is on Friday. It's going to be late night. Uh, we uh, um, several Mass Republic and Lucha Central personalities are going to be there, including myself, uh, Miranda. I believe you said if I can get across town in time. Um, Tickets are on sale. The VI, there's like maybe two VIP seats left for the meet and greet, but the GA are still there, and uh, there's more than likely going to be ways to uh, to 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 do other meet and greet style things, even with a GA. So it's well worth your time. Plus, the show is always good. They did the live show version at uh, Expo Lucha when it was in Las Vegas three years ago. 
it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of chaos. Hooventude uh, showed up late because he locked himself out of his room. I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you just don't. Uh, speaking of that, Hooventude is also going to be at the Nerd doing a, uh, a DJ set for, I believe, also on Friday night after the Keeping at 100. Um but that's, uh, you know, that's what's going on there. Uh, Saturday at 11 at the Nerd Bar, Andrade is signing autograph. According to Lucha Shop, it is sold out. But uh, if you already are going to Lucha Fest at the Nerd Bar, there's a chance that if you show up, you'll be able to get in if somebody else forgets. Because 11 is kind of early on a Saturday morning after... Mm-hmm. All of this stuff going on Friday night. So yes, it's Wrestle Swap <laughs> Two happening, um, as well as on the twentieth from twelve to five. That is including um, Hoovy there um, and lots of other vendors. Um, that's another event happening. So just so much, so much happening. Uh, so many uh, opportunities. So much, um, you know, merch. So many meet and greets, all of it. It's 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 going to be a very very packed weekend. Make sure we're we'll give our social medias out at the end of the show as well. That way you can follow us and uh, see what we're up to uh, while we are in Las Vegas, and of course promoting anything that we can related to Lucha Central and Mass Republic. Speaking of Lucha Central. We got this week in Lucha Libre history with Dusty. Yeah, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information, birthdates, anniversaries, matches of the day, YouTube feeds, amazing videos that aren't on special YouTube feeds, reviews. He's got everything on there. And Everything he's got on there is all about Lucha Libre, and that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose August the 17th, 2014, when Il Del Fantasma, now known as Santos Escobar, won the AAA World Cruiserweight title in an amazing elimination match by beating Angelico, Australian Suicide, Daga, Jack Evans, Phoenix, Joe Leiter, Pentagon Jr., and an impressive Ricky Martin wrestling as Bengala for the AAA World Cruiserweight Championship in a multi-man eliminator match. And this match definitely had a complicated build-up. Bengala had won an elimination match to become the number one contender to Daga's AAA Cruiserweight Championship. However... After AAA Fusion champion Phoenix pinned Daga in a six-man tag team trios match, Phoenix also wanted to challenge for Daga's title, but he was willing to put his own title on the line, title versus title, which somehow, after Daga agreed to the Apuestas title, became, or to the Apuestas match for the two titles, became a multi-man elimination match to unify the AAA Cruiserweight Championship and the AAA Fusion Championship. The match was set up for Triple Mania, and Phantasma and Angelico were the last two guys in the match. It was an incredible sequence. It makes me want a singles match between the two of them now, but that forbidden door won't be opening anytime soon. 
So, but hopefully someday we'll get to see it. Brendan, what did you think of this amazing match? So I, uh, because we're doing things a little ahead of schedule, I'm trying to get ready for travel this weekend. I didn't get to watch as much of it as I, I wanted to. I do remember vaguely watching this when it came around the first time. The buildup was insane. The, we're talking about these guys uh, being used in the... They talk, Kevin talked on the Keeping It 100 podcast about Triple Mania having a tradition of putting young guys in, in the early part of the card to really get the excitement level built up. And that's what this match was, and it delivers. Um, I, uh, I, I do have one thing. You, you, you did not give the proper emphasis on, on, uh, this era's Joe, Joe Leader because you had the fantastic call always. It was always Joe, Joe. Joe never, never just his name. It was always at least two Joes and leader with an exclamation point. I just I, it always sticks in my head anytime he was about to do a move. <laughs> um, just love that. I mean, Miranda, what what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I really there was two points of this that really caught my attention. One, I really liked the teamwork because this was a, a wait ten way elimination. So, of course, every man for themselves. But I did love seeing the teamwork between Angelico um, and Jack Evans still. Um, they had some really great spots. And then really the spots in the end, once it got to not the final four, right before, I think it was the final five. And there were some great spots with uh, Phoenix and um, uh, Pentagon. Uh, that I think there was, uh, at one point Pentagon trying to do a, uh, power bomb, uh, onto Phoenix and that got converted into a Hurricane Rana or no, a flip, then a Hurricane Rana. Like just the, some crazy, crazy spots. And eventually, uh, as they got out of the ring, um, Ijo de Fantasma was able to, uh, whip, uh, Phoenix into Pentagon, and then he finally got the power bomb onto the ramp. So I think it was hard for me to keep up at first, but once those eliminations happen, it you really were able to put more focus on. And I think the high flying spots really um, moved, progressed. Um, and then there was that corkscrew jump off the top rope by Phoenix um, down to the. I think this was when the final four had actually already happened. So there, there. I mean. It was a lot to keep up with, so it wasn't until a little bit later in the match that I felt like I had a better appreciation for it. Yeah, and this is one that's worth a strong second look. I, we yes. pointed this out. Yes. When You're we were gonna talking need multiple it. looks at this. It's just a lot. You have ten way uh, elimination, so everyone, you know, has their spots. Is there so much happening? I, to their credit, the fact the way that they pace it and the way that they kind of keep. You know, the spots open, so you have some action happening in the ring, out of the ring. I thought was fairly well done for it being a 10-way. Yeah, um, and it, in addition to the unifying of the titles, you had some faction warfare going on here. Paris Del Mall was feuding with everybody else in this match. Uh, yeah, it's there's a lot going on, and it's it's uh, – a lot of guys that we are now are now mainstays in our, our lucha vocabulary that were kind of at the beginning of their careers. So it's a it's a nice little slice of uh, of of history that is you can kind of see how it played out. Yeah, and this was before Lucha Underground too, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
well and, before. Or, can, yeah. yeah, and so I mean, like it's yeah, great chance to see. I mean, a lot of guys that were on Lucha Underground, honestly, and uh, may, maybe all of them. Now that I think about it, <laughs> and different Joe, different guys. Yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. Leader did not do Lucha Underground, which okay. is a shame. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, nine out of ten though, and not, not, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, such a cool way, and and like you mentioned, it's early work. Just just a nice insight into their early work and how well they all work together. Like yeah, great stuff. As always, check out luchacentral.com for all things lucha libre. I'm certain there's probably a link to this match somewhere on there. But Pep Carrera, he's got all kinds of great stuff on there. So after you're listening to this, put on your mask. Go check out LuchaCentral.com, <laughs> your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And, I mean, we just talked about some stuff that you can find on LuchaCentral.com, but there's so much more. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they could find on LuchaCentral.com? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over this again. Uh, so if you're listening and you haven't been to LuchaCentral.com, come on, do it right now. I'll wait. Uh, LuchaCentral.com is your online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. We've been referencing that this whole show. It's uh, widely available. Pep was at Triple Mania, gave us fantastic results uh, almost as it was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then we had detailed coverage in English very, because Pep was there very shortly after that. Uh, find the best curated content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. This is going to become a big, a big deal soon. They're going to, we're going to really tune up the calendar so you can find that stuff. Find photo galleries from top photographers showing Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And it's still free. I mean, come on. You can't beat that. It's it's free. So make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com for that and much, much more. Speaking of what else you could find on LuchaCentral.com, of course, you have the results for this week in WWE. Dusty, go ahead. Tell us what we missed. Yeah, well, you didn't miss much. Um, (laughs) On SmackDown, Ray and Dominic Mysterio had a match against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, the Dirty Dogs themselves. It still feels weird to say Robert Roode. But it was a very quick match that saw Dominic pick up the pin on Bobby Roode with a victory roll following a video interruption from the Usos backstage. Afterwards, the Usos congratulated the Mysterios on their win to remind us that they're facing each other this weekend, August the 22nd, I believe, at SummerSlam. It was too short to develop into much of a match, but at least Ray and Dominic looked good, and this time nobody botched anything. <laughs> then on Raw, we had Karrion Cross defeating Jeff Hardy in only 42 seconds with the cross jacket. 
honestly, this is what they should have been doing all along, but now it just feels a little bit like a shell game. Like, mm-hmm. see, we had a plan for Carrion the entire time. You should have given us time. When all it is, it's a con to cover their terrible booking when he debuted on Raw. And having him win like this doesn't make us think he's tough. It just reminds us of how badly WWE dropped the ball on his main roster debut. It knocked some of the shine off of him as far as NXT goes as well, in my opinion. And it's just too little too late on this Jeff Hardy carrying cross feud. They just need to cut bait and move on. I don't ever want to see him wrestle Jeff Hardy again. Wow. Yeah. Also, I due to an, uh, taping times and when they air and the when we record the show and my work schedule this week, I was not able to watch main event. But one of the matches on main event this week is Angel Garza versus Ricochet. On paper, at least, this sounds amazing. I will definitely be bringing you a review next week, but I encourage you to check it out in the meantime. And as always, get your results for WWE and everybody else after you put your mask on at LuchaCentral.com. Yes. So Brendan's going to be helping me out with this next news story because it's a combination of some multiple stories, really. Uh First off, MLW reported uh, kind of in a, you know, storyline way that Cesar Duran was heading to Mexico uh, to possibly run a show, maybe look at some new talent, which aligns with a story we had already brought to you previously about uh, MLW slash Azteca Underground working with Crash with the crash to put on a show together. Um, but Brennan has some additional information uh, about that, that we've learned earlier this week from Conan's keeping it 100 podcast. Uh, yeah. So Conan went ahead and said that uh, he is, he's one, he's back with the crash wrestling. He's uh, t- talking about being a more mature person now and, and, uh, you know, being able to put ego behind him so he can do work because there was some bad feeling last time he worked with the crash. But more specifically in relating to this, he talked about uh, the being really excited to have uh, Dario, as as he put it, part of the show again. He felt like Dario was the uh, kind of the backbone of the show and, and an important aspect of it. So really was excited that when they're doing this little Azteca underground filmings that he was able to get, they were able to get a hold of Dario. So he's kind of soft confirming that he's involved with the Azteca underground side of MLW's tapings. This is part of the tapings that are going that, that September 11th show that's being co-branded. He's going to be doing, working, doing the crash stuff there. Uh, that's this, uh, NGD is also confirmed. Firm to be. Are they going to be in Azteca Underground now? That would be exciting, but they haven't. They right? Uh, yeah, that's that'd be a huge get. <laughs> it would be. But uh, so the other thing that one of the other things that that happened is Kevin was promoting the show was was on talking and he said his they were having a hard time filling it out because it's the same day as this MLW show. Mm-hmm. And all of the names they wanted to get were already at this MLW show. Well, at the Crash show is what he said, which is I then did a very quick Google search and realized that's the co-branded MLW show. So 
several stars that have been in Lucha Underground uh, and are signed by Mass Republic are going to be at this crash show, but obviously he can't say names yet. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would have. So exciting, exciting stuff there. And we will see how that all intertwines with MLW and Azteca Underground on television and ultimately how they're going to operate um, again, whether they are going to be separate entities, if they're going to be combined, what that still looks like. We don't know, but I feel like this show with the crash is going to be a big indicator of what the future is to hold. Yeah, um, I'm almost holding my breath waiting to see what announcements are coming out of this yes. co-branded show. We also have this week at Impact Wrestling, and as Dusty alluded to, we are recording on a different day than usual, uh, so I don't have any results for this week's Impact uh, Wrestling on Access TV. However, there was news that came out earlier this week, not so much of a spoiler alert because we don't, we don't have any specific details, but it was confirmed that Laredo Kid was at a recent Impact Wrestling taping and that he did wrestle in a match that's going to be featured on Before the Impact, which is their one-hour show that airs on YouTube prior to Impact Wrestling on Access TV. So as we reported a few weeks ago that Laredo Kid could possibly come back to Impact Wrestling, it was confirmed this week that it did happen. Uh, so it is, again, as I say, very interesting to see. We already saw Sam Adonis on last week's Before the Impact. Uh, Laredo Kid will be on a future episode of Before the Impact. And I hope to see some of these wrestlers from Before the Impact matriculate into uh, the main Impact show. Um, but we are going to stay tuned to see when Laredo, Ma- Laredo Kids match will air. Um, we'll make sure to share that with you. Also, a reminder that Impact will be hosting Emergence this Friday, August 20th on the Impact Plus app. Uh, as far as Lucha-related matches, we do have the confirmation of the Good Brothers who will be defending the Impact World Tag Team titles against Violence by Design and Rich Swan and Willie Mack. So that's kind of a play of the previous match that we've seen before. Um, so make sure you stay tuned to that if you're interested um, in emergence. Um, and, of course, new Impact World Champion Christian Cage will be um, defending the Impact title against Brian Myers at Emergence. Um and many other more matches. But again, as far as more Lucha content, uh, that was the ones to uh, keep an eye out for. Now, uh, interesting thing, though, uh, that I just learned about recently um, is that we talked about Diana Barrasso, uh winning her match against Febe Apache and now is a dual champion. Um, she is going to be defending the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship at WrestlePro on October 16th against Mercedes Martinez. So even though this is not happening on a Impact show, it is just very interesting to see this match happening, and maybe that eventually will lead into Mercedes Martinez finding a spot um, on Impact or with the company. But I just thought that was a fun fact to throw in there for um uh, for impact that we are going to see Diana Parrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez at WrestlePro on October 16th. 
Now, the last news story of the day is Ring of Honor. Uh, Brendan and I will kind of tag team on this one as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to do a quick minute because we are heading into the weekend. So by the time this is going up, you will be able to catch Glory by Honor Night 1, which is predominantly, as far as Lucha content, going to feature LFI versus uh, violence in in one in a four on four matchup, and then night two we will have considerably more lucha content. We will have uh, Chelsea Green and Willow against Roxy and Miranda Alize in a in a tag team match. That's Chelsea Green is kind of a well kept lucha secret, but she has some lucha background as well. We've talked about Roxy and Miranda and uh, Alize being lucha adjacent. You have uh. You have uh, Flip Gordon and Demonic Flamita taking on the Briscoes. That's probably going to be more about the Briscoes, but you will have Demonic Flamita in there. And then you will have Bandito and Ray Orus against Russian Dragon Lee, which, in addition to being a Lucha Dream match, is they're building a lot of story around this. So this is this is bound to be kind of a show stealer on this on that particular night. But that's uh. My quick and dirty recap of nights one and two of Glory by Honor that are going to be happening this weekend. So as you're listening to this, it will be time to gear up, and that will be available on uh, Ring of Honor's streaming service for for you to to catch for a mere five dollars. And I believe this week on Ring of Honor Television, we did have the Champions versus All Stars match. Um, so all of the champions, Ring of Honor champions versus the All Stars. So that has some great content, uh, Lucha Libre content for you to, uh, take a look at as well. Um, and then just an interesting side note, um, that came about earlier this week from Maria Canellis, um, who is responsible for organizing and being part of the ROH Women's uh, Championship Tournament. She did reveal in an interview that one of the people that they were looking at and trying to bring into the tournament was Thunder Rosa. Uh, but due to scheduling conflicts and just, you know, the availability, she wasn't able to participate. But that has opened some doors between Ring of Honor and NWA to possibly work together in the future. They acknowledge how Chelsea Green is working for Ring of Honor and Impact at the same time. Of course, they have a myriad of independent talent um, in the tournament um, and that they are working on rebuilding that women's division. So just kind of an interesting side note about that Thunder Rosa being highly sought after um, in general. Just this is proof of that as well. Um, but it seems like her AEW schedule and independent schedule and everything we already talked about her earlier in the show uh, made it a little bit more difficult for her to, to show up on a Ring of Honor. But Thunder Rosa continues to be the forbidden door. Thunder Rosa started off being the forbidden door. She continues to be the forbidden door. She can truly go anywhere she wants. It's true. I mean, she's kind of expanded herself beyond any one company. I mean, Thunder Rosa is Thunder Rosa. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody has ever been in her spot before. It's so unique and special. Yeah. So we are going to have results for Glory by Honor for you next week, as well as everything that we talked about in this packed week 
uh, of pro wrestling. So thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can check out the YouTube page that has hours upon hours of matches and interviews and specialized content just for you. While you're doing that, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, all one word. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? Uh, I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321, and then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm all over Twitter. So look for me this weekend to be constantly updating Twitter first and then probably Instagram later. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, for whatever Brendan updates on Twitter, I may be updating on Instagram. So just make sure you follow all of us to get the latest on what is <laughs> happening with the show, with the weekend, all of it. All of it, all of it. Um, and of course, make sure if you are listening to this through one of your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, that you subscribe, rate, and review. You subscribe, that way you get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast comes out. You can leave us a five-star rating and you can leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. We've mentioned it before. Are there things you want us to cover? Is there topics you wish that we talked about that we don't talk about, that we talk about more or less, whatever that may be? Reach out to us, please. We always appreciate feedback, and we're dying to know what you guys think of this show. And with that, well, that's it for this week, but you know we're going to come back at you next week. So make sure you stay tuned, and we'll see you next time. 